Hi, and welcome back to Get Outside with Kids. If you're listening to this in the release date order, then it may be coming up to that spooky time of the year known as Halloween in your area. Um, Here in North America and Canada where we live, and specifically where we live, Kate, our neighborhood is like Halloween central when it comes to this time of the year. You can't really avoid it around here. You've got to be into Halloween because otherwise you're surrounded by it. You've got to sort of embrace it. And that is what we're talking about today. So the other thing that happens around this time of year in the Northern Hemisphere is that the days are getting shorter. They're getting darker in the evenings, uh, earlier, and it's getting a little colder. And sometimes it can also be a bit a bit wet too. And so we're trying to help you today to hopefully inspire you to get outside a little bit more in this spooky season. I don't know about you, Jen, but I'm finding my kids really need the outdoor time right now. You know, they come home from school or from daycare and we're having a lot of indoor time. And I'm like, why is everyone sort of bouncing off the walls? It's probably because we're having less fresh air, less time outside. And so some of these ideas tonight that we're going to share with you are some inspiration to do just that. Yeah, I think this time of the year, especially I think this specific week, because we're recording kind of, you know, close to the date, it's the first week it's really gotten cold and dark. And I think it's so easy to default into like that, ooh, let's just stay inside forever kind of time frame. But then to your point, by six o'clock, you wonder why everyone's bouncing off the walls and having a meltdown. And it's like, oh, it's because you've been inside all afternoon. So we thought we would bring you five spooky themed ways to uh, (laughs) embrace the outdoors, especially in the next seven days, um, if it is Halloween where you live. Um, So the very first one I'll kick off, which is Uh, perhaps the most obvious. And this might depend on some of the logistics around your costume. But if you already have (laughs) your costume, we are bribing our children to be like, you can wear the costume outside now, like starting now today. If you want to go for a walk around the neighborhood, let's put the costume on. And it has already worked twice for our kids. I've been able to get the kids out twice just with the, with the, uh, you know, kind of the bribing of let's test out our costumes outside as a way to get out the door. And tell us, Jen, about your littlest one, your sweet younger child. He's just four and gosh, he's a sweet little kid. Tell us what he's dressing up as for Halloween this year. Oh my gosh. So my sweet little cherub of a four-year-old is Venom. That's right. Venom of the Marvel movie. It's a black monster alien type uh, I don't know what it is, but it is terrifying. it is terrifying. And his older brother, the costume just came into Kate today, Kate, and I haven't even said to the picture yet. Uh, he's Carnage, which is the bad guy to Venom. Arguably, Venom's kind of a bad guy, too. Venom doesn't uh, now, sound I sweet. Should just, I should just put a little asterisk here that my children have not watched this movie. It is not an age-appropriate <laughs> movie for a four-year-old, and we have not allowed them to watch this movie. Um, they've gotten onto it from like a friend who had some older siblings who was talking about it. And my my four-year-old just latched onto this idea. So they have seen the odd um, maybe book or cartoon clip, but they have not watched the full Venom movie because I, I think it might be rated R, to be quite honest. And that's what my sweet little children will be dressing up as. So it, the costumes are actually quite terrifying, but they are working to get us outside. <laughs> The other thing that you can do in these kind of cool, dark evenings, even if it's raining, um, is take the opportunity to go walk around the neighbourhood and look at some decorations. You might be in a part of the world where there isn't many decorations in your immediate neighbourhood. So maybe you take the opportunity to drive somewhere and get out and walk around and look at them. Luckily for me and Jan in the neighbourhood that we live in, 
in case you didn't know, Jen and I live across the road from one another. And in the neighborhood that we live in, there is lots to see, um, particularly, you know, as it gets closer to Halloween, which means you can go around and see skeletons, you know, poking up out of the ground and blow up pumpkins and some actually truly terrifying things as well. And it can be a great motivator to get everybody out to go and start looking at those decorations in the neighborhood. And so kind of following that note, you know, depending on the level of decor or not in your neighborhood, uh, you know, what you might then want to do as another way to kind of encourage your children to get outside is practice your trick or treat route. So if you are heading out the door and again, your kids are kind of like, we don't want to go outside. Um, we have said like, why don't we go like pretend trick or treat and kind of practice where we're going to go? Um, because that is a great motivator to get the kids outside to be like, we'll get candy even more efficiently if we know where we're going to head. So we have liked that one a lot to kind of pretend we're doing a little test route. Our neighborhood is also overrun by people from other neighborhoods who recognize how good it is here. And Jen, for people listening in, I think people might not understand the scale of this. I know coming from Australia, I certainly didn't expect the scale of what we have here. So just to put this into context for you, if you're listening, you're like, what is a busy Halloween? A busy Halloween is like the people who live in the houses in our neighborhood have to buy like three or 400 pieces of candy to put outside, something like that, right, Jen? around there? Oh, I actually, I, I bought 500, Kate, 500. 500. So, if you don't, like, you might be listening in from part of the world that doesn't really celebrate Halloween. You'd be like, oh, what the hey now? Yeah, that means that we have three, four, 500 kids and adults coming past our house trick-or-treating on the night of Halloween. So, it is absolute madness around here. So, practicing the trick-or-treat route is a good idea, although, to be honest, it's probably not going to prepare them for quite how overwhelming it is on the day. Um, <laughs> the next thing that we can do in this kind of weather is a pumpkin activity outside. I don't love pumpkins, I'm going to be honest. I don't love the activity of carving pumpkins. I find the smell not great. So, a better way for me to do that is to have the pumpkins activities happening outside. So, that can be carving a pumpkin. It can be washing a pumpkin. You can give your little, particularly if you have a little tiny kid who's like two or three or something, you know, giving them a little bit of water than the scrubbing brush to gently give their, or a cloth to clean their pumpkin outside if the weather allows it, um, could be a nice activity. Or also, Jen, you've, you and your kids have painted pumpkins before as well. Another activity that you can do outside to make sure you get a little bit more fresh air in this season. Yeah, the painting pumpkins is a good one, especially if you're painting them with washable paint, which typically if you're a parent giving your child a paintbrush, it usually is washable paint. <laughs> um, so hopefully at least. Uh, so we have painted them. Sometimes it's been rained off and then we just paint them again or we paint them and then we paint over the design again. Um, obviously, you know, our oldest child now can use some of the very small carving knives, but, you know, I don't think our four-year-old has even touched the carving, you know, process yet. So the painting is a lot more inclusive of different ages because that's a lot of a safer um, activity. And I mean, our kids, I'm using air quotes right now, love carving pumpkins, but they love it for like five minutes. And then I'm sure it's the same where then me and my husband are left carving all these pumpkins alone because our kids have kind of moved on from the activity. Uh, so we've toned down the carving a bit to kind of sub in a bit more painting uh, so that we're not stuck carving four pumpkins by ourselves every Halloween. Oh, you'd get one each. See, I hate pumpkins. One smell, each. The smell. So I'm like, I'm not into it. I, and the idea of sticking my hand in to scoop out the seeds, <laughs> not into that. But um, so my husband normally does the carving the pumpkins with our kids. And this year- our four-year-old, 
<laughs> I think my husband drastically overestimated their drawing skills, um, the kids' drawing skills. So, he said to them both, why don't you draw the face that you would like on the pumpkin and then I'll, I'll help you to cut it out. But Jen, I don't know about your four-year-old, but my four-year-old can't really draw like a face. It's just certainly not It's certainly not symmetrical and it's certainly not necessary. Like you wouldn't recognize it immediately as a face. So the poor little thing got a little marker and like drew it on the back and it's now on the back of the pumpkin and it's so cute and it's tiny. And it's like, (laughs) afterwards my husband was like, I don't know what I was thinking. Of course she wasn't. She doesn't even know it. She's never done this. How would she know to draw like little triangle eyes and funny teeth? So, yeah, I think we needed more kind of um, free activities with the pumpkin rather than just jumping into the carving because she obviously didn't know what it was. But very excited to draw in the back of the pumpkin now. Yeah, no, I really like that one. Um, And then for number five, to recap here, you know, I just came back from the store with my 500-piece haul of Halloween 500 pieces? Um, You must have spent a fortune. Yes, small fortune. Yeah, we can't eat groceries this week, so we're just subsisting That is the groceries. Halloween candy. Which is fair. You know, like (laughs) Halloween is the season where you start to sit around and be like, look, I would never, ever buy a full-size Mars bar, but I will happily eat like 10 or 15 tiny pieces of candy instead. They're not equivalent. It doesn't count. No, it doesn't doesn't count count if it's tiny, right? It doesn't count at all. So if you have that Halloween candy at home, whether or not you have trick-or-treaters, frankly, that's irrelevant. Uh, (laughs) But that is a great little bribe to get your children outside. So I know for the next seven days, especially looking at the forecast, if we have some rain ahead, um, like maybe sometimes you just have to be like, look, a little box of Smarties split between two kids can go a long way to getting you that 15, 30, 45 minutes out the door. Often it's just a hey, I'll bring a little box of Smarties. We'll walk down to the playground. We'll have a little playground. We'll have the Smarties. And if we just turn around and go home, like it's a win. We got outside. We got our boots on. We got a bit of fresh air and we got to burn through that candy anyway. So, I mean, we might as well start burning through some of it now. We don't really need to wait till Halloween to open those 500 piece boxes. The other thing that I find myself doing at this time of year, which is actually maybe better than me sitting and eating 15, honestly, let's be honest, 20, I don't know, pieces of candy in one go, is to take a little handful and put it into the backpack that you normally use to go hiking. Because I find that those small little things of like M&Ms or Smarties or something are a really great treat for kids when you're hiking. And I often, you know, in that, that desperate moment, I know you've been there too, Jen, where you're like, we're not going to make it on this hike. Like things are going south and you open up your backpack and you're like, oh my God, I hope there's something in here beyond like a old crumpled up gummy bear at the bottom. And you open it up and there's two little boxes of Smarties or a little bag of M&Ms and you're like, it's going to be all right. This is what we needed. So I find myself wanting to do that now, like stash little bits, maybe pop some in your jacket pockets um, because we all know, if you've listened to the podcast, you, you will know that we highly recommend having secret snacks with you, secret treats to be able to take with you. The one bonus thing I'm going to add here for another spooky way to get outside is on the night of Halloween, try to make it, If again, if trick-or-treating is a thing, you, I, there are plenty of places in the world where you'd be like, I don't relate to any of this. I hope you can get into some of the excitement that we have though, because we love Halloween around here. Glow sticks are something that can make it even more fun and to make sure your kids are super visible as well because they're spending a lot of time out in the streets. Um, So if you can get it like I did before our last camping trip this year, I ordered a stash of 100 glow sticks, which you might remember, Jen, was too many because then all the kids expected to have 10 or 15 each and then I had to use those little tiny connectors to put all of the glow sticks together 
all night. Anyway, um, what I saw somebody doing with this for Halloween was they take their kids out, they put the glow sticks on them for trick-or-treating, and then when they come home again, they turn off the lights in the bathroom, chuck all the glow sticks in the bath for their bath time. <laughs> you want to make sure that they haven't been like damaged so that they'd open up in the bath. That would be that would be terrible. But anyway, I thought that was a cute idea to have like a spooky bath after Halloween, particularly if your kids oh. have gone completely wild from candy and like way too much excitement. Oh, I love that for sure. I just wrote down glow sticks and I'm like, oh, I haven't picked up any glow sticks yet, but I think we will. It definitely helps here because there are so many children kind of in like almost like a mosh pit style where we are that yes. you do need some way to have like an identifier of which child is yours. Luckily, where we are, there are there are almost no cars on the street. That's pretty shut down uh, because there are so many children, a car could not even get through the neighborhood. But it's also great from a safety perspective, of course, too. Quick question, Jen, what are you dressing up as? Ooh, okay. So my whole family now are Marvel characters. Uh, so my husband is Spider-Man and my two children again as Carn Carnage and Venom. Um, but honestly, I, ha I have this. I know. But then I'm like, do I go this route or do I just wear my cozy one piece fuzzy dinosaur costume? It's a dinosaur or a dragon. It doesn't even matter. It's one of those. But it's like a fuzzy one piece, which mm. I love because it was so warm and I can wear it over like, you know, Normal leggings clothes. and a big sweater because unfortunately, Halloween here in Canada can be quite cold. Mm -hmm. um, so you still need to wear a full like outside suit underneath. So I might just wear that and let my my three other, uh, the men in my life become the, the Marvel superheroes. So that's mm. my plan. Um, do you have your costume sorted out because you didn't when we talked last on Sunday? No, I don't. And last year I did the easy the easy way out, which was to <laughs> some people would say the easy way out is not to get dressed up. But I I dressed up in my trusty um, 80s punk rock outfit, which involves a bright pink mullet wig. Um, and it's just, you know, and then some regular rock clothes and like a pair of sunglasses, say. Um, but the thing was that I forgot I was wearing the mullet wig. So, spoiler alert, I don't have pink hair normally. So, when I was going up to people being like, oh, how's it going? Have you a good night? And they're like, and who in the hell are you? Um, because I was completely unrecognizable. So, maybe I'll do that again. I don't know. We've got a lot of other wigs that we could I could use. So, it'll probably be a last minute call. Although I do sort of want a cozy outfit like you mentioned. So, maybe maybe I'll find something. Cozy outfit, man. Yes. I found my cozy outfit. It was just at the secondhand store. I picked it up secondhand yeah, for like good. $8 or something. Gave it a mm. wash, threw it on for Halloween and called it a day. Okay. I am a lot taller than you, so I'll have to go for, you know, maybe there's less range. But anyway, wherever you are this Halloween, we hope that you can use some of these spooky ideas. And if you've listened to this entire episode and you're still like, no, I can't relate at all, make it a maybe one day you're going to make it a goal to be in North America for Halloween because it is a blast. It is our kids, one of our kids' favorite days of the year and a great place to uh, celebrate in our community as well. Um, and if you don't celebrate uh, Halloween where you are, we hope that if you are in the Northern Hemisphere, you're finding a way to get outside in these colder and darker evenings as well. Awesome. Well, thanks again. We'll be back next week for another episode of the podcast. For more tips and inspiration in between episodes, head over to our Instagram account, Get Outside With Kids. And if you or someone you know you would like to be on the podcast, send us a DM as we're always looking for fantastic guests to inspire us for new ways to get outside. See you back next week.